and welcome to the Narrow Road Podcast, a place to share the journey of walking with God on the narrow road that leads to life. I hope that you find rest and encouragement here, but above all, the awareness that you're not alone on the way. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Narrow Road Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Bowyer, and it is my pleasure to be back with you for another episode. Yesterday, we did the beginning of our series going through some of the words of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, and so today, we are going to go into chapter 11 of the book of Proverbs. So yesterday was chapter 10, and today is chapter 11. I don't know if I'm going to make this a longer series. I mean, the book of Proverbs could go for a very long time. It's a big book, and there is infinite wisdom, it seems like, on its pages. Maybe we'll make it kind of a reoccurring series that sort of reappears. Maybe we'll keep it going tomorrow. I don't really know, but for today, we're just gonna go ahead and read chapter 11. It's a little bit longer than chapter 10, not by too much, and just see what it speaks to us because it is full of riches, full of riches, too many riches for a little podcast like mine to go into, but I'm hoping that really if you just listen to this while you're driving or you're sitting somewhere that one or more of the verses just kind of hits you and gives you something to meditate on throughout your day. So that's what we're going to do. Let's dive into reading Proverbs chapter 11 together. Let's go. Okay, so Proverbs chapter 11. Remember we said that chapter 10 sort of ended quite abruptly because technically it didn't mean to have itself broken up into chapters. So I'm actually going to read the last verse of chapter 10 as we dive into chapter 11 because that's where it technically would have kept going on from. So the last verse of chapter 10 read, The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Dishonest scales are are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless will direct his way aright, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. When a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. The hypocrite man with his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, 
but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but one who hates being surety is secure. A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. The wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. As righteousness leads to life, so he who pursues evil pursues it to his own death. Those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. Though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished, but the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. As a ring of gold in a, in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. He who earnestly seeks good, good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. So again, we're seeing more of Solomon teaching the ways of integrity, teaching what a man or woman of character would look like and showing us the difference basically between righteousness and foolishness. I think in this chapter, one of the things that jumps out at me is, of course, he talks about speech again, but it seems more that what jumped out into my hearing mostly was talking about wealth, talking about success and um, real riches. I think it says that talking about retaining your riches, not being generous, lack of generosity, um, fear with your money. It says a gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. Ruthless men retain riches. Interesting. That was in verse 16. Um, let's see. There was another verse... There is one who scatters, this is verse 24, there is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. It's interesting. One who withholds more than is right, which kind of leads you to believe there's an aspect of withholding that's acceptable, but when you withhold more than is right, it leads to your poverty. It's interesting, it reminds me of the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus taught where the man 
was beaten and left to die in a ditch. And all of these um, men of affluence, men of influence, men of wealth, men of um, religious leadership, whatever, kept walking by and saying, oh, I'll pray for you or go and be warmed. And they just kept leaving him. And then there was a man who came from Samaria who came and saw the man in the ditch and he picked the man up and put him on his horse and took him to the next town. And once that man was in the town, he put the man up in a hotel. He paid for the man to be in a hotel. He paid for his care and he went above and beyond to look after this man. And ultimately, I guess the story would lead you to believe the man recovered and so on and so forth. And that was the generosity of the Samaritan man. <clears throat> and the Samaritans in the time of Jesus, in the eyes of the Jews, were kind of the lowest class people. It was people the Jews wouldn't associate with, they looked down upon. And Jesus was saying, you know, these men that saw this man in the ditch, that had every means and way to help him, all they did was look at him and say, oh man, that really sucks. You know, dang, I'll pray for you though. And they just walked on their way. And then a person from society that they wouldn't respect or revere or even acknowledge came and did all the heavy lifting of taking care of this person, taking responsibility for their care, paying for their care. And this was someone that Jesus was respecting and revering and saying we should be like. That's that's the, the story that comes to my mind when I read Proverbs 24. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24 here. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. I think too, what's interesting in the first part of that verse is he says there's one who scatters yet increases more. So that leads me to believe someone who's sort of generous in this kind of shotgun effect of generosity, just giving a little bit here and a little bit here and helping there where they can, and yet they increase more despite scattering the, what they have <laughs> on the wind, so to speak. Yeah. And then the verse right after it in 25 says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Then it says, the people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. I mean, it's pretty clear, eh? It's pretty clear that generosity creates blessing. We reap what we sow, right? That, that basic spiritual law of you reap what you sow, a generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. That doesn't necessarily mean that a generous soul will be made rich with money. He's talking about a generous soul. The soul may be made rich in, in fullness of life, fullness of joy. It could mean a lot of things because it says following that, and he who waters will also be watered himself. That doesn't necessarily mean if I give money to people, I'm going to be made rich in this life. But it may mean that my internal world is going to expand and grow and and flourish in a way that I would never know outside of that generosity. As I water, I will be watered again. As I reap, as I sow, I will reap, right? And then we scoot on down uh, to verse 28. He says, He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Trusting in money trusting in his money will fall 
I think riches can also mean so much more than just literal money. He who trusts in his riches, like he who trusts in all the different things we hoard. He who trusts in himself fully and completely. Like there's 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 a value in not doubting yourself, obviously. You don't want to live in continual self-doubt. You will never make decisions. But when you utterly trust in yourself instead of God, you will fall. But a lot of people will put their trust in their money or trust in what they can do with their hands, what they're capable of. And they put all of their trust in that. And you will invariably fail because you are fallible, you are human. But when you put your trust in something higher than you, beyond you, far more capable than you'll ever be, there is strength, there is something to lean upon when we do fall. Mm. So good. So many, so many, so many, so many verses in this as I'm just sort of going back over them. Verse 4, earlier on in the book, says, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. It's interesting, eh? Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Yet how much do we see in this as the world has gotten crazier every day? And some days, not crazy, but as it gets a bit bizarre at times, you can look around and just see all the different ways in which the the wealthiest in the world seem to kind of hoard all the more and pursue their power more greatly, thinking that it will profit them in the day of wrath. Like if there was something bad to come, they, they believe that they can buy their way out of it or buy their way into some sort of protection and yet the bible says it's just it won't be that way it just simply isn't that way righteousness delivers from death interesting that's why i always say the kingdom of god is upside down and inside out it is so different from the wisdom of man it is so different from the logic of man it is so different from the logic of humanity is literally upside down and inside out from what makes sense oftentimes in the way that the world views how to be, how to progress, how to look out for yourself. It is all about looking to God, looking outside of yourself to the Father instead of in yourself or at the works of your hands and, and the, the accomplishment that you can build to to preserve your own life. Yeah. Anyway, that's Proverbs chapter 12. <laughs> so many verses in that i literally will want to just re-listen to this podcast myself because sometimes i hear i learn better by listening so if i re-hear this these words i think i will absorb more from it than i can even just reading this right now but i hope something in there stood out to you oh i just want to say this one verse is really really good and it's interesting especially to me in a season where i've felt a lack of community and therefore a lack of wise counsel in my life um Verse 14, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I would agree with that. I, w- I would wholeheartedly say I've lived that, that, that I, f- I have found myself falling and suffering in the absence of no wise counsel around me, having to really like, thank God I have God. But if it weren't for God, I don't know what people do when you really need someone to help you make a decision or or persevere through a situation or whatever the case may be and and having no counsel it you feel like you're falling if not just deeply suffering and but it says in the multitude of counselors it doesn't just say in one 
having one singular voice. The Bible is not all about one singular human voice speaking into your life. It always talks about the multitude of counselors, or if someone prophesies, remember we read that, there should be three prophets speaking similarly that you can sort of gauge between and bounce your sort of your perception and your discernment off of. It talks about the multitude of counselors where you can hear people who are wise, who you trust, who know you, but more than one speaking into your life so that you can find where there's agreement and you can find where there's disagreement and, and, and understand what that disagreement may be rooted in. And, and so no one individual has, has, you know, carte blanche on your perception of yourself or the perception of how your life should move no one person god himself should but no one person should be able to dictate the moves of your life and so i think it's very important that he says with no counsel you fall but in the multitude but in the multitude of counselors there is safety he doesn't accentuate one counselor and he certainly discourages no counselors. He only celebrates a multitude of counselors. Mm. Yeah. Wow. There's so much in this. <laughs> There's so much. I feel like we could like just sit here and talk about each of these verses individually and be like, that's a word of wisdom for my life. Just that one sentence. But yeah, go read Proverbs 12 for yourself. Just let let yourself wrestle with some of it. Let yourself sit on it. And um I'm sorry, Proverbs 11. I don't know why I keep saying Proverbs 12. We're not 12. We're not to 12 yet. We might go there tomorrow. We'll see. But Proverbs 10, so much about the wisdom of speech, wise speech. Proverbs 11 seems to be talking so much more about wealth and basically self-sustaining mindsets and independence, personal independence, um, and how it can be our shortfall, our shortcomings, our downfall. It's probably a better word. Anyway, go read Proverbs 11 for yourself. I hope it blesses you. And I thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Narrow Road Podcast. And I will be back with you tomorrow, of course, for another one as we carry on our 365 days of podcasting. Thanks for listening, and I will speak to you then. Bye-bye.